This message is brought to you by Lighthouse Chapel International, a united denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Welcome to the Life Preaching Message, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation, a Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to teach and preach wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing encounter as you listen to this message. Hallelujah. Thank you. Let us pray for the offering. Heavenly Father, we thank you for an opportunity to give. You who knows us and you who sees all things. The one with whom we have to do. Out of our love and our reverence of you, we have given towards your work on earth. And we look up to you to continue to bless our lives. And to fill our bands with increase and cause our vats to overflow with new wine. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for divine preservation. Even as we honor you, may you honor our lives. May you never make us a disgrace before our adversaries. May you never allow the will of the enemy to come to pass in our lives. But may you cause your will to be established. Deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil. And let our lives reflect your kindness, your goodness, your favor, your love. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for this offering. And we thank you for those, the tithes that we have honored you with. May our lives never be the same. But open the windows of heaven. And let blessings that money cannot buy abound in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We thank the Lord once again that we have an opportunity to hear the word of God. But before I preach, I want to remind you about our donations to assist some of us who are in need. You see, you give to help others, not out of abundance, but out of love. Out of love. The commandment that we have of God is to love one another. You see, there are opportunities and there are moments where you have the chance to do good. And the Bible tells us not to be wary in doing good. And that if we faint not in due season we shall reap. Galatians chapter 6 verse Eight. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. And then verse 9, he says, And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap 
if we faint not. Verse 10. As we therefore, or as we have therefore, opportunity, opportunity, underline the word opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Now, so what Paul is saying is that whatever seed you sow, you reap. And he said, if you sow to the flesh, you shall of the flesh reap corruption. If you sow to the spirit, you shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. Now, giving to somebody at the time when you are in need is a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual thing. You see, what you are saying is that the person, a creation of God, deserves help from you. And God will look at that and give to you. Because the natural senses say, we are in a difficulty and I have to keep as much as possible and this is not a time to give. But you see, a spiritual person said, this is actually the time to give when the person cannot go and get. When the person's opportunity to get is limited. So it's a spiritual move. That is why Paul said, he said, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good. In the living trans- New Living Translation, therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone especially to those in the family of faith. And, and you see, if we had a lot, we would have done to everybody. But even the limited we, one we have, we should make sure that those who lack within us are cared for. Those who lack within us at least are cared for. And then we will also move on to those who are without. And this is biblical. This is biblical. So I believe some of us, we don't have in abundance, but we have enough. And we can give, share what we have with somebody. Because you have for, for let's say, 30 days. Somebody doesn't have for today. And you have made provision for 30 days. You see, thinking that it is going to go all the way to 30 days. And therefore, with that in mind, you neglect somebody who needs it today. Listen, you must be a spiritual person to say let me reduce my provision to 20 days God will make a way so that I can bring my brother who, who doesn't have for today also to have even, even if it's just for today I can help 10 people for today God will help you so I want you to give support it in every way so that we can also be a blessing unto one another may the Lord bless so the account is on, on the screen and please make sure you send your donation so that we can have many more. A lot of people will not bother to ask you if you don't make a special effort to ask them because many people feel shy. And you'll be surprised that somebody who dresses very nice and who looks to be okay is actually drinking water for the whole day because there's no food and they have no money. But may you be the angel I said, may you be the angel that answers a need that God may also send an angel into your life.
and into the life of your children and your children's children. In Jesus' name, may the Lord bless you. Amen. Let us pray. I wanted to ask the Lord to speak to you today in a special way by his word. Speak to me. We need to hear from you, Lord. We need a word from you. If you don't speak, we wouldn't know what to do. But thank you that you will speak. You will speak. You will speak. Holy Spirit, surrendered to you totally is me. Take my vessel. Take my mind. Take my spirit. And use it for the glory of God. Let me never speak with the enticing words of man. But let me be totally surrendered to you that whatever I say is that which you are saying. I come against every obstructive work of Satan in the minds and in the hearts of the people at various places. I bind every demonic environment that is seeking to distract you from hearing what the word, what the Lord is saying to you. Receive the grace to hear. Receive the grace to understand. And receive the power to walk in that which you hear. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. And the saints of God shall say with me, a beautiful and wonderful and a loud Amen. It's a blessing to have to do what I'm doing. I tell you, I enjoy it. My heart is overwhelmed with joy and gladness that the Lord will take a person like me and use my vessel for his good in the life of many people. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Last week, I shared with you from chapter number 73 of the book written by my father, my spiritual father, my pastor, my prophet, Bishop Doug Heward Mills, by whose ministry I have come this far, by his pastoral work and the grace of God, of God upon his life. A person like me has decided and has become a servant of God. Like Paul said, you are the evidence of my apostleship. And I, I, I am a clear evidence of Bishop's apostleship in leading a person like me to serve God. And I thank God for his life. You know, as I have observed and watched over the years his walk with God, I have realized that his grace with certain qualities that allows him to bring the, the best that God has for us to our lives. And I'm, I'm very thankful that I met him when I met him. And I thank God that he granted me the wisdom and the, the heart to follow. Because many meet, but not many follow. And I'm grateful that I have received the grace to follow. 
and to be with him all these years. It's exactly 30 years since I met him. And I'm grateful that I have him in my life. And by his books, I keep on learning and increasing. Understanding more of the word of God and stirring up in me a desire to live for Jesus. So I want to encourage you. I don't know how you're going to get a copy in this lockdown season, but whatever it takes to get it, please make sure you get it. But if you can't get it, don't worry. I will preach it as much as possible to you so that you can hear and receive the wisdom that is in it. So last week, I shared from chapter 73 of this book, Faith Secret, and indicated, according to the title of this chapter, faith is a mighty weapon. Faith is a mighty weapon. Now, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16 says, Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. So, in Paul's description of the weapons of war that we have been given when he started in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10, finally my brethren, put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And then he goes on to enumerate the different components of the armor. Now, So, describing faith as a shield shows us that by faith we make useless the enemy's weapons and arrows at us. The enemy's weapons and arrows at heart. You know what? I just feel we should just look quickly at the weapons. Ephesians chapter 6. I hear the Holy Spirit saying something to me. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in it. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And he goes on to explain that. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. In other words, our battle is not against flesh and blood. Against what is tangible. Against the, the natural. 
flesh and blood. No. Our battle is not with other physical human beings. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but rather against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Now it says, Therefore, having your loins get about with truth. Take note. Your loins get about whatever it is. Maybe let's read it in English. Stand your ground. Putting on the belt of truth. And the body armor of God's righteousness. You see, so it says put it on. The belt of truth. And the body armor. Of God's righteousness. And your feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace. It says, For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news, so that you will be fully prepared. Put on the shoes, or for shoes, put on the peace. That comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. Above all, taking the shield of faith. New Living Translation. In addition to all of this, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fairy arrows of the devil. And take on verse 17 and take the helmet of salvation. In other words, put on salvation as as your helmet. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication. Now, I I want you to see something here. You see, even though faith has been mentioned As a shield of faith. Even though shield has been mentioned. As a shield. I want you to see faith. Playing a role in all the armors. That you are supposed to put on. Let's start. Having therefore your loins get about with truth. Now it takes faith. To believe the word of God as truth. It takes faith to believe that what Jesus says, what God says is the case. 
because the natural self the the evidence on the ground would always make you question whether what god said is the truth because satan will tell you something else so holding on the belt of truth or having the belt of truth demands you to have faith that this is the truth not what i feel not what my senses teaches me like jesus said it is more blessed to give than to receive you see it's a truth that unless you you have faith to believe it you i mean how can you tell me that when i go to my bank account and there's ten thousand, and i start sending it out and giving it out to people i am more blessed at the end of the day by the time i hit zero in my account there'll be nothing in my account so how can you tell me that i'm more blessed as against as against i have zero in my account and people start giving me thousand 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 and by the time i finish i have thirty thousand am i not blessed because from zero i have 30 but you see to the natural mind zero having from zero and receiving from people and coming to 30 i am blessed But you see, to the spiritual mind and to the mind that believes or the mind that has faith and believes that if God says it's more blessed to give than to receive, then I'd rather give. Because what, what you don't know is that my turn, as I send it out into various places, to all the places that I send, it is going to multiply. So I'm sending it to go and work. To go and do things. And if, if the Bible says. For as long as the earth remaineth, Seek time and harvest time. Shall not cease. Wherever I have sent the thousand to. It is going to come back multiple folds. Hallelujah. So, so we see clearly that. Faith plays a role. In, in, in admitting. And receiving the truth. Again, the, blessed, the breastplate of righteousness. You see, it takes faith to believe that Jesus is our righteousness and walk in that confidence and that truth as we have believed in Jesus as our Lord and Savior. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, And he made him to be sin. He who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God. Now, it takes faith to believe that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Because it is, it is, it is by faith that makes you walk in that righteousness. It is by faith that you put on that righteousness. So when Satan comes and tells you, you, how can you be the righteousness of God? You tell him that, I am the righteousness of, righteousness of God because Jesus Christ is the righteousness of God. And he was made sin for me so that I, in him, will be the righteousness of God. It takes faith. So you can see that faith plays a role in all. Your, your feet short with the preparation of the gospel. It takes faith to believe the gospel. 
that a child that was born in Bethlehem is actually God that was born. It takes faith. That he's dying on the cross is actually me dying on the cross. It takes faith. So you can see that faith plays a role. The helmet of salvation. For by faith, for by grace are we saved. Through faith. It says, for by grace, Ephesians 2, for by grace are we saved. Through faith. So, what we need to understand is that faith, in as much as it's being described here as a, the shield. Do you get it? Faith actually plays a role in all the, the creation of all the other amos that we are, we are advised to put on to be able to stand against the devil. So I tell you, whatever you need to know about faith and whatever you need to know so that you will exercise your faith, whatever you need to know so that your faith will become great, hey, pay anything to know it because faith is everything. Hallelujah. That is why the Bible says the just shall live by faith. And no man can please God without living by faith. So, well, I was just supposed to read Ephesians chapter 16 just to recap what I said last week. But, you know, even if I didn't preach, I think I've preached already. By showing you the place of faith in doing what we need to do. Now, one of the things that I also need to explain to you, the mightiness of of faith as a weapon is that by it is by faith that the root, the source of your attack, the root of your problem is dealt with. You see, you can deal with many problems. You can deal with many problems symptomatically or according to as they present. But that you are dealing with a problem as they present doesn't mean you have eradicated the problem. It is when you go to the root of the manifestation or you go to the root that you actually deal with the problem in, with, and with all its manifestations. Now, what faith does is it leads you to renew your mind. And like I said last week, the mind is the operative aspect of you. We are operated by our mind. So whoever writes the program of our mind, whatever the information that is used to write the program of our mind, it is the, it is the author that controls us. So, so if the program of our mind works or is written by the information of natural knowledge information of our natural senses then by and large and, and, and is written by the ways of the world then by and large it is satan who actually is operating us but you see what happens is that a person of faith goes beyond what is seen to the realm which is not seen 
and receives information and factors that realm into his thinking, into his mind. So, therefore, he's not easily deceived by, by what he sees. Because, you see, what you see is not completely as informative as it will want you to believe. And remember, the last time I told you about the cloud, the next time you are in the air and I see you flying one of these days, ask to sit by a window seat. And then when, we go up, when you go above the cloud, look to the cloud and you will see something that looks very solid. That gives an impression of solidness, like a mass that can support a weight. But it is when you have to descend and land that you discover. Or sometimes even when you are going through the clouds that you discover that this thing can never hold you if you were to fall on it. Hallelujah. So the information you get is often not what is there. And then secondly, you see, it's not all that is there that you can see and that you can perceive with your natural senses. Sometimes I have read in the news about bridges that have collapsed, shopping malls that have collapsed. And it comes as a surprise to everybody. Now, how did this bridge collapse? It's been there for a long time. So what happened? You see, what happens is that on the outside, you see the bridge solid. But on the inside, which is not visible to even the scientists and with all our gadgets and things, nobody can see when the stress, the forces are weakening and they are falling apart. The only time we are able to see is when the bridge actually comes apart completely. And therefore, depending on what happened, a lot of lives can be lost. So it's not everything that is there that can be seen. It's not everything that is there that can be felt. It's not everything that is there that can be touched. It's not everything that is there that can be heard. So, you see, a man of faith moves beyond this realm of operation. And you deal with the problem at its root cause. You deal with the problem at its root. And therefore, you are able to handle the problem appropriately without treating the symptoms of the problem. Hallelujah. So faith is truly a mighty weapon. And I went on to explain to us that there are certain things that a person of faith has in their mind or there are certain pillars. There are certain components there are certain aspects, whatever you want to call it. When you see a person that is described as a person of faith and you were to dissect or to open up their minds and see how it operates or you were to go to the, 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 the information which is operating their minds, you discover certain things that apart from the information that comes from the natural senses, that comes from the natural realm, the physical realm, 
these people also believe in the existence of a realm that is not visible. They believe in the existence of a realm that is not visible. Secondly, you also see that in these people who are described as persons of faith, they believe in information that is not only from the natural realm, but they believe in information that is coming from other realms. So whatever information they receive from the natural realm, they subject it to the information that is coming from the, the, the realm that is beyond the natural. They also believe that you can receive an information from God. They also believe in information that is coming from God. You see, one of the things that education has done and it's trying to do is that it tries to make us take away the belief that there is God. In spite of the evidence. In spite of the evidence. You see, everything, everything in this world points to God. Everything in this world points to God. But education under the auspices of Satan, the God of this world, teaches us to challenge the existence of God. But I say to you who are educated, who, who, who stand and beat your shoulders that there's no God, I, I, I say to you that you are, you, are, you are not wise because all your information that you have should make you believe that there is a God. There is God. Yes. Because the information, first of all, you don't even know where you came from. You say, yeah, I was born. Have you ever sat to think, why doesn't the kidney cells meet up with the liver cells and join to form a human being? Who decided that a sperm and an egg, these two cells, are the ones that can replicate exactly another human being? Who decided? I said, who decided? Who decided? Don't they don't the other cells have all the materials that are in the, the, the sperm cells and the, the egg? They all have the chromosomes, the genetic matter, everything is there. So why don't they why doesn't two cells why don't you isolate a cell, a liver cell? and the kidney cell and decide that these two cells must stay together and replicate somebody must have decided who is going to do what so how can you say there's no god when you in your own laboratory and in your own whatever you do things don't just happen you have to make them happen how can you say there's no god your education if it leads you to declare there's no God, it's actually making you a fool. And I'm, I'm glad that I'm educated at least to some point. And I've refused to be a fool. I want to admit that my education, when I think about the human body, the beautiful arrangement, there must be an architect. There must be somebody who is superior in wisdom. 
understands science and who knows how to arrange things to protect what is vital. Come on. How can you say there's no God? I thank God that in my years of medical training and things, I only ended up appreciating that there is God. And God is wonderful. He's, I mean, he's amazing. He's amazing at the intelligence that he displays in his creative works. is just too much. It's just too much for a mind, a small mind like mine to contain. That is why I will bow down and worship him and declare that there is none like you. There is none like you. Thank you, Heavenly Father. So, what are, the, the, the point I'm trying to round up or to, to, to recap is that a person of faith has operating in their, 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 their operating system of their mind that there are two sources of information. That which comes from God and that which comes from the devil. And they factor it in their work and in their, their, their decisions, in their judgment. They also believe that that which is manifested in the natural is governed by that, is governed by the realm beyond the natural. They also believe that that which is manifested in the natural is governed by a realm beyond the natural. And then thirdly, you also see in them that there are decisions. There are decisions. The steps they take, they give more weight to the information that is coming from God than from the information that is coming from their natural senses. They, they give weight. They give weight to the information that is coming from God. Therefore, their lives are guided by the word of God. Because they hold dear the word, the word of God. And therefore, most of their decisions are governed by what God says. Amen. Now, let's press on. Today, I want to talk about faith. As your weapon to conquer sin in your life. Faith as your weapon to conquer sin in your life. So, chapter 28 says, faith will make you conqueror of sin in your life. Faith would make you a conqueror of sin in your life. The continual dominance of your life by sin is a result of the absence of exercising your faith in your walk in this life. Now, let's, let, let me read a little bit. It says, Hebrews 11, 24, 25. 
by faith Moses when he was come of years refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. For a season. Now, it goes on to read, by faith, Moses overcame his attraction to the pleasures of sin. He was able to turn away from the attractions and temptations of modern Egypt. He turned away and walked deep into the desert and lived the life of a nomad for 40 years. Moses chose rather to suffer than to enjoy the pleasures of sin. A normal person, a natural person, a person in whom faith is not operative or is not exercised, will not choose to suffer. A normal person will rather choose to enjoy the pleasures of sin. Today, many struggle with sin, temptation, immorality. Satan accuses and abuses us all the time because of our failings. We have no peace in our minds and our souls because we are constantly dirty in our own eyes. There's good news for you and for me today. Faith is the master key to overcoming sin and moral weaknesses. Fornication, immorality, sexual perversion, and all other perversions can be overcome by faith. Sin is an evil thing with power behind it. Sin is mysterious mutation that has occurred in the natural race. It is neither natural nor easy to escape from its powers. There is an evil spirit behind sin. That is why it is called the mystery of iniquity. Sin is indeed a mysterious thing, drawing even the most spiritual down, if it can. The evil power draws men who do not want to sin. Many people simply give up as they are overwhelmed with the power of iniquity. This is where faith comes in. Now, the verse that was talking about the mystery of sin is 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7. 
Moses did not just walk away from the pleasures of sin. Moses walked away from sin through the power of faith. Remember, faith is to believe in that which is not seen. Faith is to believe in the God who is the maker and the sustainer of everything. Faith is the trust in that which God has spoken. So by faith, Faith will make you conquer, defeat, and control every sin in your life. By the power of faith, you will choose to suffer for God. People will not believe that you are able to take such decisions. Faith is a very important thing. Faith is something you must develop because it will help you to overcome the power of sin and iniquity. Your faith will really help you to be a good Christian. Faith is your secret weapon. Now, let me just say a little bit about sin among Christians. You see, for the unbeliever, He is a body of sin. He is under total control of Satan. Never under God's control. Whatever Satan tells him to do, they live. And they don't acknowledge. They may say they acknowledge God and whatever it is, but you can see clearly that they don't believe. They, they just do what their senses tell them to do and what the wisdom of this world has, has programmed them to, to operate by. And they don't care about God. Now, they, they are already under the power of Satan. And unless the mercy of the Lord has reached them and the grace of God has found them, they, are, they will totally be condemned. And the work of sin in their lives, therefore, is, is in one way. Now, to you, who is a believer in Jesus... You have, by, being, by believing in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, by believing in him and receiving him as the son of God who came to die for your sins and who rose again on the third day, seated at your right hand. You see, that belief in Jesus Christ has opened up a new world of God's blessing, of God's peace, of God's provision, and of God's favor, and many other things that God has for your life. Just by that simple thing. Now, this is where sin in a believer place, or this is, this, is, this is now the work of sin in a believer. The ultimate aim of sin in a believer is to take you back to where you came from. And take you back to Satan. If it is not able to by the mercy of God, 
it will make you by its operation in your life first of all distract you distract you remember we have 24 hours whether you are yellow you are green you are blue you are brown you are black you are gray you are white whatever color you are 24 hours is 24 hours for everybody and it doesn't matter the part of the world you are in nobody gets 25 hours everybody has 24 hours now out of this 24 hours you are to live to accomplish things towards your life's purpose as a believer remember Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus that we should walk in good works which God has before ordained before which God has before the foundations of the world ordained now so you see by your salvation a whole agenda for your life by God is opened up for you. That is intended to decorate you and to make your life glorious. To make your life fruitful. To make your life accomplishing. To display his power against Satan in this world through your life. Now, the work of sin, therefore, is to distract you so that you don't concentrate on the works that your life is earmarked for now that you are saved. That's one of the first things. The second thing is to make you also not to develop the things that must be developed for the power of God to fully manifest in your life. So what sin does is that, like Jesus said, the thief, and describing the thief is, is Satan. In John 10, the thief comes to steal, to destroy, and to kill, or to kill and to destroy, whichever way. That is his work. If he can't do this, he will do this. If he can't do that, he will do that. So what happens is that, by the presence of sin in your life, you are distracted. You are very much distracted because instead of meditating on the word of God, you are meditating on thoughts that Satan has brought into your life. Instead of giving yourself to reading the word of God, when you take your, your iPad or your phone or whatever, your Bible, instead of reading books that would bring, open your eyes to behold wondrous things out of the law of the Lord, out of his word, Instead of communing with, with the Holy Spirit for more revelations to be given to you, Satan, through sin, would make you be focused on things that, that actually makes you lose strength. Because instead of reading your Bible, remember you have 24 hours, you are busy watching pornography. Eish! 
watching people doing stupid things. I mean, things that they are not worthy of mentioning in public. And that is what you have glued your eyes on. That is what you have glued your eyes on. Imbibing things that only feed your flesh. And remember that the word of God says, sowing to the flesh will of the flesh, you reap corruption. You are corrupted. You, don't, you won't function the way you have to function. Your brightness is affected. So many things about you is badly affected. The blessing that you are supposed to be unto many never shows up. So what, what it does is that it takes you, one of the key things is that it takes you away from what you should be doing, considering the grace of God, the goodness of God that has been manifested in your life by your faith in Jesus. You see, sin actually takes you away from it. Sin actually takes you away from it. And then when, when after a while also now, when the same Satan that has led you to do it, now will begin to tell you that you are not good. You are useless. You are, you are not worthy of anything. This is what, so, so what happens? Even the God who you need to talk to to have mercy on you, you don't even want to see him. You don't even want to hear him. When Adam and Eve sinned, when they disobeyed, their first reaction is to hide from God. Is to hide from God. The God who has created them. The God who has sustained them. The God who has given them abundance of food to eat. He is the one they wanted to hide from. The last person they wanted to see was him. The one who can even help them. So that the effect of the sin that has come into your life. Which has now opened your eyes to see your nakedness. Your nakedness has been there all the time. Your nakedness has been there all the time. So, so now that you are seeing it, you have made leaves to cover yourself, forgetting that the leaves would only have the sun rising and it will burn it and it will, it will make it dry and break it off. And you always have to keep on having leaves all the time. So it took God to come and to kill an animal. The animals whose name we don't know. To clothe them. So even you can see here that they want to help you so that the problem that has come will not continually manifest. It's still God. It's still God. But what do you see? You see that. So what sin does is that it makes you go away from everything that is help. Even in spite of your mistake. In spite of doing what you're not supposed to do. Sin takes you away from everything that is help. And at the end of the day. If the Lord does not have mercy. Or grace does not find you. Before you realize you who were destined to be a great person, to be a blessing to humanity, to live a fruitful life, will live a life that there's no page about it. There's no page about it. 
Even your own children will grow up and curse you because of the life you lived. But you see, so, so that's, that's where I find it a problem. When Christians argue about sin in the light of whether we are under grace or we are not under grace. Listen, listen. Grace means provision of that which will enable you to defeat and to, to dominate that which has dominated you. That is what grace is. You have received a power. You have received help that you don't qualify for. But that is given to you free by your faith to dominate what, is, what has been dominating you and what has made you live in bondage all the days of your life. So it's not about grace, we are, whether God will punish us or God will not punish us. No, no, it's, it's, it's a little bit more than that. And you see, it takes faith. It takes faith to see the offer of sin and say, it's nice. It's, it's, it will make you comfortable. Listen, the next time sin knocks at your door and promises you pleasure and comfort, a nice feeling. You should ask sin for how long? And at what cost? At what cost? You should ask sin for how long? And at what cost? But you see, a man of faith will say, yes, this will give me pleasure. Pleasure only for this season. Whilst I'm in this flesh, when this flesh is over, the pleasure is over. But does that mean that my life is over and my life has ended? No. A person of faith does not believe that life is, it ends with death here on earth. A person of faith sees life beyond death and therefore would not, even though the pleasures of sin is for a season. He's quite aware that his life is not for a season. His life is eternal by faith in God and by believing in Jesus Christ. So a person of faith makes, uh, operates a mind that does not limit to only one half of the equation. But a person of faith operates a mind that considers everything globally. Globally. You know, as a child, like all children, I like to play. Sometimes when I look at my sons, I say, ah, this, this, this is just me. You see, it is said in one proverb in a, a, a local language that the, the crab, the crab, I don't know if you know what a crab is, but they are these crawling animals that often are in the sea and rivers and things. The, I almost said the Bible says <laughs> forgive me Lord but it is said that it doesn't give birth to a bed the crab does not give birth to a bed so when I look at my children I just see myself especially the boys when I look at them I see myself sometimes I have to still discipline them and tell them that yes it's true that this is all we feel like but hey you can't always feel like this and dictate or allow your life to be governed by only this. But you see, as a young child, like all children, I didn't like studying. I didn't like doing most of the things that actually would make my life good. 
I like to play. And many times my mother will spank me and discipline me. And I'll do the same thing over and over again. But I don't know what happened. At a certain age, around the age of about 10 or 11, somehow, I I just decided, you see, I, I may say I don't know what happened. But what actually happened is God in his mercy laid his hand upon me to walk appropriately. Because all of a sudden that desire went away. Then I decided to sit down to study. Even though I didn't like studying. But you see, and at a certain age, I also began to look beyond the age where I am or where I was. At that age, around the age of 13, 14 years or so, I started to think more about my adulthood life. And I looked at the opportunities and the things that were present where I am. And I realized that if I don't apply my life well, if I don't apply my life well at this age, when it is the age of learning, is the age of mental development and receiving information and all those things, my life is going to continue in the way it has begun. That is a life of struggle. So I gave myself not to do what is pleasurable, but to do what will help my future to be better than what it is or what it was at that time. You see, you look back, and even when I look at myself, I realize that it was a wise thing I did. Because today, as I see the fruit of it, I'm very happy. I could have been higher and further, but I'm very content with even where I am. I'm grateful to God. It's far better than where I was as a child. But you see, it was because I did not factor in the pleasures of that moment. I had friends who were more intelligent than myself, who understood many things better than myself, but they did not factor in the future and they walked in the enjoyment and the pleasures of the moment. Now, that is what sin aims to do. You see, even if in the natural life, by by choosing to sit down, and don't think that sitting down to learn comes natural to a lot of people. It doesn't. Sitting down to learn does not come natural to a lot of people. Especially to people that are given to moving around a lot. The people that are lazy, they also don't sit down to learn. Even though they don't like moving around, they choose to sleep and to watch television. And th- So on each side of the divide, you find out that when you are a child, and you, were, you are to give in to your feelings and what is comfortable and what is pleasurable at that moment. And not considering your future that you will not always be 14 years. That somebody will not always provide for you. But a day will come when you will be 30 years old. A day will come when you will be 42 years old. What type of father or mother do you want to be at 42? Do you want to be a mother and a father who is always begging for arms? Who is always calling friends and relatives to always be asking for milk and this? Or you want to be somebody else that your children can be proud of? But you see, that decision is not taken when you are old. It's a decision taken when you are young. But it's a decision taken when you don't factor in the moment in which you... Or when you factor in not only the moments where you are, but you factor in the years to come. Now, if this is true for a natural life, 
Why would it not be true for, for your whole life spiritually? But you see, unless you believe in life hereafter, you would be led to only consider and sow to your flesh. So this is where faith comes in. That faith says to sin, I hear what you are saying. I hear your promises. Yes, I know you are nice. And it's nice to enjoy you. But for how long? Will it be for the whole of my life in eternity? Or only for as long as I am in this flesh? If your offer is only temporary for just this flesh, then I don't want to take it. Yes, I hear what you are saying, but I choose not to take you. I would rather choose what will give me a blessing that will last my whole life for as long as I live. Not only here on earth, but in eternity. So it takes faith. You see, if you say, let, let me say to you as a Christian, don't ever think for a moment that the pleasures of sin are not appealing to the body. They are. They are. They are. But it is faith that sees beyond this present moment. It is faith that says there is life after death. It is faith that says that my life can do far more than what sin would offer it to do. That will reject sin and choose the way of God. It is faith that will make you engage yourself in the things that bring strength into your inner man. I said it is faith that will cause you to choose what brings strength into your inner man. Such as reading your word. Such as praying. The Bible says, and ye beloved, building up yourself in your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Jude 20. Hallelujah. So listen. I'm telling you something. By faith, you would conquer. I said by faith. By faith, you are going to conquer the power of sin over your life. I said by faith, you are going to conquer the power of sin over your life. You, 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 you see, don't, don't argue when sin is knocking at your door and say, no, no, you are not nice. No, no, no. If you do that, it will convince you that it's nice by bringing to your memory some nicer moments and your flesh will be shouting, yeah, it's true, it's true. And you remember how I felt. You remember, you remember that time I was very calm. Uh -huh. That's what it would do. You say to sin, I know you are, you are nice to the flesh. I know. But because what you bring into my life will not transcend the moment, will not even go far. Thank you for your offer. No thank you. No thank you. Yeah, that, that's what you say. But you see, at the same time also, you must be building up your spirit man, your inner man, by engaging yourself in the things that you should engage in. And before you realize, whenever sin comes to talk, you say, okay, yes, what do you have to say? 
most of the time, as I have lived and I've grown in my understanding and wisdom, I see many things and I tell the end from the beginning. And the people around me sometimes wonder, how do you know? I say, oh, I know. Because I've been around long enough and I've received enough wisdom from the Lord to say this thing, this is how it's going to end. This way, this is how it's going to go. And it, it goes exactly. Hallelujah. So, I, I believe that by faith you would conquer sin in your life. And you see, one of the things that sin tells you when it comes is to by, by it tells you that because it has frequently occurred uh, you have to accept it and let it stay. And, and then it will try to help you to justify and to rationalize it. Listen to me. The greatest mistake you can make is to rationalize and justify your sins. No. No. You see, that you have done it and that you have been doing it does not make it right. And you need to tell your mind and you need to have it in your spirit that the fact that I'm doing it does not make it right. And call on God always, if it's a thousand times. If Jesus says we shall ask for forgiveness seven, seven times seventy, then I also want to tell you that you can pray seven times seventy times about your struggles. And one day it will lift up, never to show up again. It is when you accept it and rationalize it that you don't do anything about it. That you don't talk to God about it. Hallelujah. So in pressing on, I see you conquer every sin that is operating in your life. I see you marching forward. And I see you rising and going forward. Sin has lost its ability to deceive you. And to tell you after it has occurred, that you must hide from God. You will be like David. When it occurs, you run to God and say, Lord, help me. And God will help you. The Bible says, if we say we have no sin, we make God a liar and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yes. Yes. I don't know whether I have enough time to still press on, but I think I have some few more minutes that i like to press on. And, and, and there, there's some things that I need to say. Now, I've mentioned the fact that a person of faith has in their minds that there are two sources of information that which is from God and that which is from the devil remember what Jesus told Peter flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you but my father which is in heaven a person of faith also believes that 
the natural the manifestations of things in the natural are governed by the invisible things or they are governed by the invisible world that is why jesus promised peter to give him the keys of the kingdom of heaven and to be able to bind things on earth because whatever he binds on earth heaven would obey and do it hallelujah what a power And the third point I mentioned is that the decisions of or when you go into the mind of a person when you examine the mind of a person who is a man of faith or a woman of faith you will find out that their decisions the decisions of their life are guided by information from the unseen world. In other words, they are guided by the information that comes from God because they have faith in God. So though they have not seen God, they believe. And though they don't have enough physical evidence to confirm what the word of God is saying, they still do it because they believe that that information is the truth and it's real than the information that comes from the natural senses. Amen. Now, one point that I want to mention, which I believe is an important point, and it's a very key point, is that a person of faith when you go into the operating system of their minds one of the key components you find is that their lives their lives here on earth and hereafter is not about them but it's about God Let me let me say it again. You see, the the a person without faith, a person whose mind is not renewed after they are born again, is a person whose mind has as an operating system. Everything is about me, myself, and I. So they walk this life, even though they are born again, thinking that all this life is about them. So their, their prayer life, the things they give attention to, the desires of their heart, and everything has to be about them. You see, the success of Satan in the Garden of Eden hinges on this fact that Eve was promised that when you eat of this tree, 
it will be a tree that will open your eyes and make you wise and be like God. Knowing good and evil. Now, if for a moment Eve had thought carefully that I am not my own, I was made and created by God. And he must have a purpose for my creation and my existence. And therefore, if he has not found it necessary to make me wise to know good and evil, so be it. You see, it is when when you don't understand that it's not about you. When you don't understand, that is when you become very vulnerable to Satan. Because one of the most potent weapons of Satan is to make you the centerpiece of everything. Is to make you the centerpiece of everything. So a life or a mind that works as if everything is about him or her is a mind that Satan would manipulate. Because Satan knew that the day you know of the knowledge of good and evil, that is when you become susceptible to his his bidding and to his manipulation. It's almost like your knowledge of good and evil is his launching pad to operations in your life. And that's what he showed. It's about you. It's to, it's to help you to be better. But let me ask you a question. Who has your interest to make you glorious and better than the one who decided you must be created? And the one who breathed into you the breath of life to sustain you? But you see, Satan will tell you that it's about you. But a person of faith has as a key component of the operation of their minds that it's not about me, but it's about you, God. The creator of me, the giver and the sustainer of my life. This is what Jesus displayed. When he walked here on earth. It was never about him. It was about God. And if we are born again in Jesus Christ. How can it be about us? It's about God. I said it's about God. Now, now, I hear what you are saying. I hear what you are saying. Ah, if it's not about me, who is going to take off my interest? Can I say something to you? Shut up. That is not about you. Does not mean for a moment that God will neglect you. I said that is not about you. Does not mean God will neglect you. If you don't neglect to buy fuel into your car for your car to be able to function, if you don't neglect to do servicing to your car, 
changing the oil, changing the plugs, changing the filters, changing tires, and maintaining it so that it can run for the purpose for which you have bought it. Why would you think for a moment that God would neglect you? Because it's not about you. Shame on you. Even when you did not know him, he sustained you. He has always looked after you. He has kept you. He has delivered you from evil and has provided for your life. Have you not aware that it is God who gives the food you eat the power to be a blessing to your body? How can you think that because it's not about you, God will neglect you? He never neglects his own. He never forsakes his own. He's a God who laughs and he's a God who cares. That is why Jesus will say to the disciples, take no thought of what you shall eat or what you shall wear. It's not the life more than meat and raiment. If God has given you life, he will give you everything your life needs to do his will. So, a pet, you see, you can see Jesus' mind operating in that way. In Matthew 16, you hear him talking to Peter and explaining to Peter a trap that he must avoid. Twenty-one. Matthew sixteen. I'm going to twenty-three. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Thank you, Holy Spirit. He said, "From that time forth, began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders." and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Hey. The person that has received a revelation from the Lord, all of a sudden, is also receiving a revelation from Satan. He said, Thou art an offense to me. Why? For thou severest not the things that be of God, but those things that be of men. And then it made Jesus say, 24, If any man would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. So you see here that Peter was being told that the most dangerous things to do is not to be concerned about the things of God, but about the things of men. About yourself and about other things that relates to yourself not the interest of God not the interest of God for thou severest not the things that be of God your interest is not about the things of God so you can see here clearly that one of the works of Satan is to make you focus on yourself but I'm sorry to say that it's not about you 
It's not about you. That's why the angels in heaven say, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive honor, glory, and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. God is, it's not about us, it's about God. But we can trust him that he will never neglect us. He will never leave us without a blessing. In fact, if we can trust him and believe and walk in faith, we will see his hand painting the beautiful picture of our lives that will be looked upon from generation to generation. God will use our lives to do things that will be spoken of till eternity. It's not about you. That is the mind of a person of faith. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about God. It's about God. And whatever need will arise when you make it about God, I promise you, he will provide for your life. He will provide for you. You will never lack anything. He knows how to orchestrate everything to work together for your good and for his glory. I believe the Lord has spoken with us as a person of faith. May this pillars, may this components operate, become operational in your mind. That God is a source of an information that is absolute, that you can try, trust, that you can depend on through his word, through his spirit. That the life here in this world is operated beyond this world. Therefore, engage yourself in activities that that is involved in that realm such as prayer such as prayer and believe and I said and believe that is not about you it's never about you and it will never be about you it will always be about God but you can trust that even though it is about God, you will never be neglected in the equation because God is love. God is love. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I want to thank the Lord. His faithfulness is great. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Strength, Lord. Revelation. As we exercise our faith. Let this truth that you have revealed to us in your word become operational in our lives. Thank you that we are no longer deceived by Satan because of 
our faith and the exercise of it thank you holy spirit thank you jesus great is your faithfulness he never fails his his messes are over all his works his kindness is visible across the earth and in your life for he told Jeremiah before I formed thee I knew you and I ordained you as a prophet to speak my word to my people before you were formed God has known you you are not an afterthought you have always been in the plans of God trust him and depend on him and rely on him don't fret yourself because of what the enemy tells you through what you can see there's more that you cannot see and you have a God who never fails a God who cannot deny himself and a God who is always faithful even if we are unfaithful oh new messes you shall see in your life all you have needed his hands will provide thank you Holy Spirit provided thank you Jesus oh let all the angels hear let the worlds that be here that I have a God whose faithfulness is great be it in summer be it in winter new mercies my life will see thank you he never forsakes his own he never turns back on his own no matter what happens in this confidence I would walk my life trusting it upon you letting it be for your glory seeking your interest and walking in that which concerns your kingdom and I'm grateful that every provision of my life shall be met and that I will lack nothing thank you Holy Spirit thank you Jesus talk to God allow his Holy Spirit to speak to you the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to you in this hour in this moment showing you things that you need to see and to change adjustments that you need to make and a walk a step that you must take take it for the Lord is speaking to you thank you Holy Spirit take it and walk in it his gracious his mercies are abundant never say to yourself I've done so much wrong that I can't come back to God listen no matter how far you go you can't run out of the love of God no matter how low you have sunk to you can never go below the love of God run to him run to him he is our everything and do as he says he loves you he loves you thank you Holy Spirit Father we thank you we repent of every waywardness we have gone. 
We repent of every disbelief that we have operated in our lives. And we come to you just as we are. Trusting and depending on you. And knowing that no matter how far, no matter what damage has occurred, you are a restorer, you are a repairer of that which is broken. Our lives and our destiny is on track. Thank you for strength to stand up against the deceptions and the lies of Satan. Thank you for superior wisdom every time we encounter the enemy. Through faith, we will depend on you. We'll look up to you. We'll walk in your word. And your will shall be done in our lives. In every situation, we shall say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. But your will be done. No matter what it could cost us, may your will always be done. We thank you, Holy Spirit. I've come. You have brought me too far. And I know you will never leave me. Therefore, I will not give up. Come too far from where I started from. Sing it for us. The road will be easy. I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. Thank you, Lord. I just can't give up now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I've come too far from where I started from. Nobody told me that the road would be easy. I don't believe you brought me this far to leave me. Thank you. Nobody told me the road would be easy. I don't believe you brought me this far to leave me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I just can't give up now. Oh, yes. You cannot give up now. No. No, it's a mistake. It's a mistake. Don't believe in the lies of the enemy. By faith, you are on course. Yes, everything around you says contrary. But I tell you, in the eyes of God, you are on course. You are caused to be what God has ordained you to be. You may be in prison right now, but you are on cause. You may have nothing right now except damages and damages and damages. But I want you to know that you are on cause. If you don't give up. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, yes. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for the assurance, for the comfort, for the strengthening, for the hope that is revived in us. 
he brought me this far i don't believe you've brought me this far to leave me father we thank you we bless you we give you praise we are strengthened by your spirit we go forward in your strength and in your power we are marching on we are pressing on we will never give up because you are faithful to the end and we know that our lives will be what you have called it to be thank you that the lies of the enemy has no place in our minds any longer your truth your truth is being lifted up as a banner and we are marching under the banner of your truth we march under the power of what your word says what you say we are is what we are and we live every day of our lives going forward in this truth thank you Holy Spirit in Jesus name as every head is bowed and every eye closed maybe you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior yes you have been going to church because you were born into a church but never have you believed in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and declared him to be the son of God born of the Virgin Mary and of the Holy Spirit who came and lived and died for your sins and my sins rose again on the third day seated at the right hand of God and you want to pray this prayer for the Bible says whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life you want to say to God I believe in Jesus Christ let us pray this prayer Heavenly Father thank you for my life it comes from you it's yours. And today I stand before you declaring my faith in Jesus Christ as your son. I believe in his death and resurrection and the shedding of his blood for the revision of my sins. Today as I stand before you, I ask you to forgive me of my sins as you cleanse me with the blood of Jesus. Cleanse my conscience and every guilt that has plagued my mind. That I may have a pure conscience when I stand before you and when I walk with you. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this salvation. Jesus, I believe in you with all my heart as a son of God. And I confess you as my Lord and Savior. I thank you for coming into my heart to be the Lord of my life. And I thank you for hanging on that cross as your blood spilled over and spilled all around so that my sins will be forgiven. I receive you as my righteousness and in you I walk in this righteousness. By the power of your Holy Spirit I shall live a life that is worthy of this kindness, of this grace. In your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. 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 Wow, what a time we've had with the Lord I want to encourage you to listen and listen several times over this the words that has been spoken in this season there will be a light unto you faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God don't stop hearing the word of God don't believe anybody who says how many times would you be listening to preaching? 
There's the evil things that you have heard. And there's, how many times have you been listening to them? How many times have you been watching them? Don't give up in listening to preaching, reading Christian books, and hearing sermons. It's a blessing. It will build your faith. It will open the eyes of your understanding. And Satan would no longer be able to deceive you. And you will be what God says you are. In strength and in power. And you shall be a blessing unto many. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Great. Now, remember I said it's not about us. It's about God. And it's about his purpose. So before we take our second offering, I want to remind us who have been contributing for evangelism to never stop because evangelistic preparations are going on. Things are being done. We are going on air. Bishop is going on air to reach out to many places where we may not physically be able to go. So I want you to make sure that you give your Ben and P contribution for souls to be saved. There's no good work than to make somebody who is perishing receive salvation. That is what God that's God's agenda for us on this earth. He does not will that anybody should perish, but that all should come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That is why he has been patient with the second coming of Christ. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, but not willing that any should perish, but all should come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That is why he's long-suffering. Hallelujah. So please, the Ben and Peep, you know the accounts, you know what you have been doing. And those of you who are not partners, I want to encourage you. You see, it takes a man of faith to give to spiritual things like soul winning and turning many unto righteousness. But I can tell you that by your faith, God will be pleased with you and he will bless your life. He will lift you up to a place you never dreamt of. And he will cause you to do what you never thought of you could do. So I want to encourage you to do. Hallelujah. So the account is displayed there. And those of you that are joining late, it's a good time to give an offering and to pay your tithe. Don't be tired. Don't be tired of giving. Yes, some of you say we gave earlier. You can give again. Because... You eat in the morning, but you don't say to your body that I ate in the morning. You look forward for lunch and you look forward for supper. Some of you in this lockdown, what you do more is eating than anything else. It's like you have been locked down to eat. You don't miss. It's like you just keep, you prepare breakfast, you prepare lunch, you prepare supper. And even sometimes snacks in between. Hey! You are anointed. But just be careful you don't bloat too much. After the lockdown. Amen. 
So I want us to give an offering and pay our tithes also. The accounts are there. And wherever you are, through a cell phone, you can give. And those of you who give via, via cell phone, please give enough so that the money doesn't go to the bank. Because I don't know how much some of the banks charge. But if you are giving 10 rands and they are charging the banks, it's not that we are despising 10 rands. But if you are giving 10 rands and the charge for the transfer or the transaction is 10 rands, then did you give to the bank or did you give to church? So, I mean, give something substantial so that everything will not go to the banks. Amen. Nobody is accusing the banks of robbing the people, but they claim that they render service as if to say that the pastors and the servants of God don't render spiritual service. But you see, you can't blame them because they are men of the flesh and all they know is things of the flesh. Amen. So please remember to give an offering. Remember to give an offering, a proper offering and God will bless you. Amen. I believe in the next two hours or so, we will join in to our second service with our father, our pastor, Bishop, on the internet, the flow service. Don't be tired of hearing the word of God because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. So make sure... Don't, don't worry about data. Father, I pray for everybody that is struggling with data that in a supernatural way direct them to somebody who would assist them to have data. Cause them to receive data supernaturally that they may be able to partake of your spiritual food that you have prepared for them this afternoon. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We believe you've been blessed by this message. To stay connected, follow our LCI social media platform.